You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. I'm Ryan Gregoire, NYSAC's Legislative Director and the host for today's podcast. Today, we're joined by election commissioners from Schenectady and St. Lawrence counties to discuss the 2021 elections, the observations as to what worked, what we can improve upon, and what resources most importantly, our commissioners are looking for in this upcoming 2022 uh, state budget. So again, we're happy to be joined by Jenny Bacon from St. Lawrence County, as well as Amy Hild and Darlene Harris from Schenectady County. Thanks for joining us. Um, and again, uh, I guess to start us off here, Jenny, I'm gonna go to you first, and then I'll go to Amy and Darlene. Can you give us a snapshot of St. Lawrence County, um, just for our listeners, so they know where you're located in the state, what the population size looks like, uh, maybe what the number of voters are, if you have that? Absolutely. <clears throat> St. Lawrence County is in the North Country. We're on the Canadian border, and we are the largest county geographically in the entire state. Um, we have 60,000 registered voters and our population is approximately 103,000. Awesome. Thank you, Jenny. And Amy and Darlene, how about uh, the two of you in Schenectady County? Sure. So we are in the capital region. Um, we have about 100,000 voters. Our population is about 158,000. Um, we are one of the smaller counties geographically. And even though we're about three and a half hours from St. Lawrence, we are in the same judicial district. Well, there we go. That's a very interesting bit of geographic and population uh, characteristics for our listeners. So we really have, you know, two uh, counties located both in upstate New York. Um, they are a little different in size, but certainly the issues that impact one county um, with administration of elections also tend to impact others because all of our bipartisan uh, boards of elections have to follow the same uh, state law. So, you know, with that, looking back here on these past two years, really, um, our worlds and the worlds of our election commissioners have really been um, brought on, you know, by the COVID-19 pandemic, we've had to adjust, we've had to adapt because of that. And can you both share, and maybe this time we'll start with Schenectady County, but can you both share about how uh, you're implementing measures to keep citizens and election staff safe um, that have, and, and how that's maybe affected the work you do? Sure, so certainly um, in Schenectady County, you know, one of the things that we found, um, and this was true of, of any organization across New York State, you know, the, the goalposts were constantly changing um, as to what type of um, protection we were to be providing, you know, what were our voters going to be faced with. So um, with those ever-changing guidelines um, from the CDC or our local um, county groups, you know, we just had to be very flexible as to um, what we were going to try to implement on election day. And certainly 2020 differed um, from this past year, 21. Um, and even, even the November election, 
um, in 2021, you know, was a little bit different, you know, with the, the CDC guidelines that we were kind of abiding by. We were asking for the use of masks, but we weren't requiring them. Whereas in 2020, we were more of a, we require them and had some protocols in place if, you know, if some of our voters or some of our, our group um, didn't wish to abide by that. Um, so I guess, you know, the, the name of this game, true of all of us, is you just have to be extremely flexible. Um, and, um, and then one of the things that we did in Schenectady County, which assisted us with our 2020, one rollout is in 2020, we, have, we employ a lot of seniors, um, and those seniors in 2020 had a lot of concerns about being out in the public, as, as can be expected. And um, so um, at the beginning of this year, we offered our um, inspectors, considering them as county employees, we offered them to be essential workers, and they were offered the vaccination process early on. Um, which I thought was a nice feature. And, th and those individuals, you know, did return as inspectors for us in 21, where they may not have worked for us in 2020. Um, so that's some of the things that we, we kind of de dealt with. I don't know if Amy had some further comments. So one of the things I would say is that one of, a, a huge factor for us that helped us be so successful and, and able to keep everyone safe and healthy. Um, we have a tremendously supportive county. Um, the county legislature, um, the county government, just very supportive public health, um, director of public information, information technology, everyone really came forward to help us. Um, so, we had the county manager reaching out to us to ensure that we had everything we need to be successful. We had all of the supplies we needed. We, uh, we met with public health and helped implement procedures um, to make sure we kept everyone safe. So in addition to that, the use of absentee ballots became um, instrumental in ensuring everyone could vote safely and successfully, as did early voting. So we were really able to spread out um, not as many people being in the same area at the same time. That, thank you, Amy and Darlene. You know, that really sounds like um, a, a great collaborative example of how the entire county came together to embrace and help the two of you and your teams administer the elections. And I I agree with you, Darlene. That is pretty neat that um, that you were able to designate your poll workers as essential workers, so they were eligible to get the vaccine uh, a little earlier on in the process. So that was all uh, very neat to hear, and, and thank you for sharing that. Um, I I want to go up to up to St. Lawrence County now and and get your reaction to that, Jenny. How how did you folks in St. Lawrence County keep your citizens and election staff safe uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic? Yes, <clears throat> not only were we sending all of the supplies for the election, but we've added another entire bag of supplies with all of their PPE supplies. Um, we also sent sneeze guards to every polling place and COVID procedures, which changed like Darlene had mentioned continuously. The COVID procedures got updated um, almost weekly until we were ready to actually send them because with all the CDC um, guidelines changing, as well as the county guidelines, we had to kind of 
do what was best for all of the voters and for our election inspectors. Also for all of our veteran election inspectors this year, we were able to um, provide an online training. We created it all in-house, recorded all of our own videos and provided that so that they wouldn't be sitting in our training room together for a three hour period. They were able to do that at home um, and take the test right online. So we were able to you know, have them less fearful of coming into contact with people even at the training. That's great. Thank you for sharing that, Jenny. And, you know, I want to stick with you um, as we transition in this podcast to 2022. And I want to just hear your thoughts on any observations that you may have had from the 2021 elections, but also, you know, how you see the changing electorate uh, in 2022 and beyond. You know, certainly COVID as you both have all described, has changed some voting patterns, whether it's early voting or the ability to uh, request a no excuse absentee ballot, which was afforded during this past year. But thinking about the future um, and reflecting on this past election, where do you see the need going uh, for elections uh, down the road? Yeah, I think that something that's not new to us in 2021, but I felt somewhat um, of a disappointment was the voter turnout. Because after coming off from 2020, when we were in a pandemic and, you know, people were worked really hard to be able to um, cast their ballots and we had great voter turnout, that then you go into 2021 when it's a local year and people just don't turn out. Um, The public always needs to be important of the importance of voting in a local year like they they need to turn out like they did in 2020 every single year because all elections you know happen every year for local offices and then we go into the gubernatorial so I just I wish that everybody would vote as much as they did in 2020 we'd have great turnout because we do the same amount of work we we prepare um elections like everybody's going to vote so better turnout, I guess, would be something that I would hope for in the future. No, that's a good point. Regardless of the amount of voters who turn out to the polls, the magnitude and scale of the the, uh, process for our election commissioners is the same, regardless of size, right? Sometimes you might scale up and have more polling locations should that need arise, but overall, in general, regardless of the number of voters, you still have to appropriately staff and have, um, you know, a a fairly robust system in place so you can accommodate um, voters. But let me go to our, our folks in Schenectady County now, Darlene and Amy, what, you know, what were your observations of this past year's election cycle? And, you know, obviously behaviors have changed. Hopefully, as Jenny mentioned, more people feel comfortable and and maybe they'll have some more tools to be able to uh, exercise their right to vote. But where do you both see elections going uh, in the future? Um, So I I think this year we saw, um, certainly as Jenny did, there was lower voter turnout than there was in 2022. 
But overall percentages, I, I do think early voting is growing in popularity, which is great. Um, voters voting early uh, is so helpful because it's, it's the same number of people spread out over more days, of course. So there's just less of a strain on resources um, during, during those peak times. And, and in locations that are very busy. So I do anticipate that early voting will continue to increase in popularity. We heard a lot of feedback this year um, and in 2020 that it really, um, it, it was much more convenient for voters to be able to vote early. Um, one voter stopped us and said that she always made it a priority to vote but that she did work very long hours and she worked um, out of town. So early voting has allowed her to go and pick her parents up and bring them to vote on a weekend so she wasn't rushing as much. So that feedback, of course, we always, we always wanna hear. We, we always want every voter who, who wishes to cast a vote to have that opportunity. So I'm hopeful that that early voting trend will continue. Um, and that if voters have other suggestions that we can implement, we, we always want to hear those. Another thing I, I would add, Ryan, too, to that is, um, you know, it, as, as Amy points out, and I think Jen touched on it as well, you know, it, it spreads, early voting spreads out the voters, so there's not that extreme burden. It reduces lines, uh, which if we kind of stay in a bit of this, pandemic concern pattern for a little bit, you know, it, it also, um, it helps people to be comforted that they can go when they're not standing in these long lines close to people um, and things of that nature. Um, and just, you know, one of the things that we need is um, to make sure that the voters are constantly utilizing an open communication with us about what their options are, um, the use of electronic poll books has has taken um, a different twist on things. Um, you know, stuff can be done in in real time, um, so that voters you know can can vote, and then we know all of the voting patterns. Um, you know, so there's just a lot of uh, different things between a local versus a, a state or a federal year. So voters, we anticipate in 2022, you know, the voter turnout population similar to um, you know, 2020, maybe slightly reduced, although this is, again, is going to be a governor race year. And voters um, need to know what their options are so that they can make the best decision and, and hopefully increase their, or maintain certainly that, that turnout. Great. Thank, thank you, all three of you. And just for our listeners, we are speaking with the leadership of the New York State Election Commissioners Association. This is the bipartisan organization representing our county election commissioners. We have Amy Hild with us from Schenectady County. She is the president of the organization. Jenny Bacon is from St. Lawrence County. She is the secretary and treasurer of the organization. And Darlene Harris, who's also from Schenectady County, is the executive committee chair. So again, uh, thank thank. All three of you for joining us today, and I, I think all three of you have described how you have adapted your operations in light of COVID. And it was pretty neat to hear some innovative programming that came out of your offices. Um, certainly, it sounds like early voting has helped 
spread out and manage waves of of voters when they're coming to the polls, which is probably a, a great thing. It sounds like a great thing uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but I guess in, in thinking about how your operations have changed over you know, the, these last few years, do you see any issues with um, recruiting staff, professional staff who work full-time or election poll workers? And, and the reason I bring this up is because we have heard from a lot of counties across the perspective, across the geographic region of the state, in all departments, there seems to be extreme pressures on staffing. So I didn't know, I just want to pick your brains and see if that was something that you all were experiencing uh, with your poll workers, with your inspectors, and with your uh, staff that you have working in your boards of elections. Absolutely, Ryan, this is Jenny. Um, we in St. Lawrence County, I know I had mentioned this to Amy earlier. Um, I don't think there's a county in the state that's having a problem recruiting election inspectors. Um, I put down as a, as a note that we need to have younger people um, registering to vote and then recruiting more people, any people whatsoever to become election inspectors. There is a huge shortage across the state. I believe at every conference we have, we have a section on recruiting election inspectors and all the counties share um, their different ideas. And we always say, was this successful? How many did you get? It, the answer is never enough. So we definitely throughout the entire state need election inspectors badly. Well, thanks for those comments, Jenny. You know, that just jogged my memory here. And in speaking with a lot of our um, other department heads across the county uh, space, it, you know, that this is not something unique to just election commissioners, but this is, this is facing every department. And, you know, it, it, it presents a challenging situation when county residents depend on these services. When they go to the poll, they want to be able to quickly go through line, uh, sign their name on the electronic poll book, get their ballot, and move on to the rest of their day. But, um, you know, we need election poll workers. We need staff to help with that. I don't know, in Schenectady County, Amy and Darlene, are you guys experiencing that same situation that Jenny just talked about? We are. So with the exception to last year, so 2020, for the first time ever with the pandemic, we had hundreds of members of our community contact us to be poll workers because um, they recognized that we would have a great need for that. So that was uh, wonderful. It was amazing. We have such a supportive community. So that really helped us through. Um, many of them have stayed on with us but we are continuously recruiting. We always have a need for poll workers. Like Jenny said, every county in the state, I believe has expressed this. We talk about it at every conference. We try to come up with ways to recruit individuals. Um, and so Dar, I don't know if you had anything to add on that, but yes, and any, obviously, Every time we talk about it, it's helpful, whether it be we have it on our website, um, Twitter, um, all sorts of, uh, you know, all, lots of social media, um, trying to push and help recruit. Um, but Dar may have something to add. 
Um, one of the things that happened that Amy touched on briefly was that um, I think the reason why in 2020 we did have that surge of people step up was because some people were caught up in the pandemic and they may have been home or even working from home. Um, you know, one of the, the pools of people, and I don't know exactly how we would be able to tap into this, but on election day, a number of our municipalities, you know, observe election day as actually a day off. Um, so they're closed for the day. And if, if we could somehow collaborate with that pool of employees um, that they would volunteer for us on that day, um, you know, as opposed to staying home, I don't know how popular that idea would be, but it would certainly be very helpful to us, um, you know, and then they, they, could, they could, you know, return annually and we would have this continuous workforce with proper training and stuff like that. And we wouldn't kind of, you know, constantly be teaching new people, you know, year after year after year if it was a more consistent group of people. Um, so I don't know if that's an area we could hopefully capture or somehow entice into helping us with this, this effort um, going forward. Well, I, I think those are all uh, excellent points that you all uh, discussed on the recruitment and retention challenges of election poll worker staff. Um, you know, I guess just to, uh, as we start to wrap up our conversation here, is there anything else that any of you would like to discuss with our listeners today? Is there anything that um, the general public and other county officials should be aware of when uh, they're thinking about elections and the role that counties play in administering uh, elections for our state? You know, we found, or we have found, and I don't know if this is true of all of our, all of our counties, um, but our county public information department works closely with us um, on doing press releases for us and getting information out, um, new, new early voting schedules, uh, early voting locations, you know, what we're offering for. We collab uh, collaborate with um, our local um, bus line so that, you know, we have um, pick up and drop off at our early voting locations so that voters have that opportunity. But just to, again, work as best we can um, with whatever process we can tap into. And like I said, in our case, it's our, our county public information department um, for open communication with the voters. So like I said, they understand what their options are, you know, how simple things are, um, and that we're always available too, you know, so that they're, we're dropping our phone number, call us. If you have questions about your absentee, call us about our early voting. And just, I think communication and education, I don't know if that, or information probably is better, um, is an area that, you know, we really need to tap into and, and build on um, going forward. Great, and Jenny, did you have any thoughts from St. Lawrence County? Yes, I was just gonna, I mean, and this is really, um, I would say statewide, but misinformation on elections tends to spread like wildfire. And I know that positive stories and positive experiences at the polling places get shared uh, much less than, you know, the terrible stories from even another state or an experience that someone may have had. And I just, I encourage people to, call their boards of elections. Um, we're all bipartisan, working as bipartisan teams. 
and to see the experience and the process that we go through before each election and the process that we go through after each election is very quite impressive to someone who's not familiar with what we are doing um, after after and before each election. So I encourage people who you know may question what we're doing or question the process to call your local board of elections and check out what we actually go through because our procedures are quite extensive. That's a great point. Um, both Jenny and Darlene, I think you you both touched on excellent um, excellent points there. You know, we can probably be doing a better job integrating with our colleagues in county government to help push out information and in turn, um, getting information to voters so they understand that our county workforce is ensuring that our elections are safe and secure and that regardless of anyone's political affiliation, everyone has the same right to go to a polling location and, um, and vote in your local election, in your state election, and for federal elections. So, um, I want to thank all three of you for being with us. I think, um, and I won't speak for all of you, but I'm excited to continue this conversation perhaps in a couple months after you come back from your uh, conference that's coming up here and we can collectively come together and talk a little bit about some policy and budget implications in this upcoming budget year and session. And, um, you know, we look forward to continuing to have a very close working relationship with the New York State County Election uh, Commissioners Association. So thank you all for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Ryan. We really appreciate the conversation. Thanks for listening to this episode of NYSAC's County Conversations podcast. Keep tuning in for more county government-focused conversations, and make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.